Isn't it interesting that people were observing Jesus carefully? Why not observe their host carefully? He's only a guest at the party. Maybe people noticed his knack for turning things upside down. And St. Luke in his gospel especially notices this. And some, some scholars call this the great reversal, pointing out how the kingdom is different from human thinking. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So the Lord does this today in calling us to practice charity and humility. These two, these two virtues challenge us to think of others more than ourselves. We notice in his time and in his, his own place, people seem to be wired for selfishness. And we probably notice the same thing in our own time. So charity first, the greatest of all, of all virtues, is that self-emptying love that God himself practices. And the Lord Jesus demands it of us many times in the Gospels. And today he instructs us to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And the ripple effects of practicing charity, we notice, are far-reaching. It makes us authentic witnesses when we follow that mandate of the Lord to go and proclaim the gospel to every creature. And then humility, sometimes known as the basis of all other virtues. And today we get teachings on humility from both the Old Testament and from the gospel. Humility helps us to recognize there is a God and it's not me. It is a necessary foundation on which we can build all the other virtues. And it makes sense then that the opposite of humility is the sin of pride, which is usually at the root of every sin and every vice. They say, pride is the last vice to leave those returning to God and the first to greet those leaving God behind. So humility really gives us a reality check of ourselves. Its opposite pride causes us to have a false sense of greatness and leads to a whole host of other sins. The idea isn't to think less of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less. Who is at the center of the universe? Is it me or is it Jesus Christ? So humility... It's an essential but a funny virtue. As soon as we think we have it mastered, then it's gone. Why is humility such an integral part of Christian righteousness? It is humility that keeps us mindful of our true place. In humility, we recognize that all is gift. And especially we notice that great gift of even having the ability to approach Jesus himself. Without humility, I don't need him. Without humility, I stay away. So humility, in humility, we can want what he offers. Only in humility can we accept his mercy. Humility keeps our priorities properly ordered. We can accept his mercy because we recognize that God is great. Without humility, he doesn't matter much. So as in most of the Lord's teachings, humility takes a conversion of heart, not just an outward show. Jesus' teaching on humility is not some kind of a backdoor strategy on a way to find a higher place 
at the banquet, but he's showing us something about the kingdom. It is in the way of the kingdom becoming a servant like the Lord Jesus himself modeled for us. Humility helps us to stay grounded, recognizing our own, un- our own unworthiness, noticing that it is the Lord who makes us worthy. Then the beauty of it today is he also gives us a roadmap for humility. He tells us to befriend the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. We say, well, I don't see many of those people. Then we need to look deeper, find the spiritually poor, the spiritually crippled, lame, and blind. It was beautiful when Mother Teresa sent her sisters to the United States. People started asking them, what are you doing here? Did you finish with India? And she says, well, we notice as we look deeper, there's a much deeper poverty in developed countries. So humility starts within where we allow the Lord to enter. We are proud sinners in need of conversion. But we don't stop there. We also notice that we're made in God's image and we have great dignity because of it. The greatest dignity of all creatures. And this virtue of humility is a two-edged sword. Later on during Mass, we're going to admit to the Lord that we're not worthy, that he would enter under our roof. And that's a great show of humility. But we don't stop there. We ask the Lord to only say the word and our souls will be healed. Acknowledging his saving power. We open ourselves to it. And we don't just do that at Mass either. I think that's a nice microcosm of the big picture of living the Christian life. It's great how Jesus tells the Pharisees, or the Pharisee who's hosting the dinner, to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind to his banquet. And then we notice Jesus' example. Who does he invite to his great banquet? Those exact people. The poor, the crippled, the blamed, the lime, you and me. Whether we are physically or spiritually poor, crippled, blind, and lame, he invites us even in our unworthiness. So in his great example, then, we do the same. We are also to invite those unable to repay us. And the amazing thing is, is that great joy will be brought to us by being those generous witnesses. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And we look forward to that final time we hear the Lord say to us, my friend, move up to a higher position.